This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor, I just play doctor online. And let me tell you something about the place at which I work. Uh, it, it has, I've talked about it before, it's a silk screening shop in Minneapolis. Uh, it's been owned by the same two fellows for, since 1976, although at the beginning I think there were at least one or two other people that owned it, but then over the years the two fellows took over the business. They own the building that we're in, uh, and they are now looking to hand the business over to the office manager and the shop manager, who have been pretty much running the business themselves for the last four years. Maybe not everything, but pretty much the day-to-day running of the company, dealing with customers, getting the orders out, and all that kind of stuff. These two fellows have been running the company. Uh, Through the pandemic, uh, the company was able to keep going because, mainly because of those two fellows making sure that stuff was getting done. We still had enough business to eke through the pandemic, and then you know, so uh, after that, they they you know the the employees pretty much just run the place, and these two fellows do a really good job at it, and uh, we feel pretty confident going forward when the transition takes place that these guys will do do well and be even more uh, maybe uh, even more of a chance of us expanding, doing better than than we are doing. Uh, they'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see what can happen. But we, and, and the place has a, just this atmosphere of being pretty loose. All the employees know what their jobs are. We've got a good crew. Over the years, you could have some dead weight type employee that just isn't pulling, uh, pulling what they should be doing, you know, doing what they, their jobs, making things a little harder to work. When I left. Uh, the second time it was because I had a, I, I, there was an opportunity to go work for the janitor company that made sense at the time. We were, we were uh, going to be new parents uh, at that point, or we were parents. Uh, we were going to be, and I'm trying to think now. <laughs> we were parents. <laughs> I'm trying to think, we were. We had a young kid, and uh, my, my wife was stay, a stay-at-home mom, and it just made sense to cut out some expenses like travel because the new place was much closer didn't have to pay for parking it made some sense there and things were okay um but it, you know <laughs> and the person i was working with uh at the silk screening shop every day in the office was not pulling his weight and was an endless uh well of frustration for me and i just after a while when that opportunity came i thought okay it makes sense for me to leave when i went back it made sense for me to go back uh, just because the position that Amy and I were in at that point she was back working there and because that's she you know we met if you don't know this story I met my wife after I left working at the silk screening shop the first time <laughs> I've left twice and come back <laughs> twice I got hired there in October 1996 and uh, by the spring of 1999 I was offered a job at a silk screening shop uh, in in you know not a silk screening shop a uh, uh, an, uh, an ad agency that a friend of mine had uh, become creative director at and he needed 
someone for the creative staff because it was pretty much just him at that point. So kind of there was a shake up there that happened. So he, I, he brought me in to this ad agency. So I left the silk screening shop, and they they at that time the business was such that they still needed two artists in the art department. So they hired another artist, and that turned and that was Amy. That's you know, Amy got hired. I didn't know her before then. She got hired. And then uh, in November of 1999, I went back to the shop to visit the fellas and uh, was immediately set upon by one of the guys I used to work with saying that I, you know, that, that Amy was perfect for me, that I should go up and ask her out. She's perfect for me. <laughs> and I nearly left because I didn't like that pressure. But I persevered. I went up to the art department to visit with the artist that I had worked with. And I met Amy and things just kind of took from there. And, uh, you know. And now we're married, having been married for 22 years. Is that what it is now? Uh, let's see. If we got, yeah, 22 years. And uh, we have a kid who's 20 years old. And uh, there you go. <laughs> Which, by the way, my son got jury duty for the first time. He's 20. He's got jury duty. I didn't get jury duty till I was in my... Th I was like 32. Yeah, because I just started working for... Uh, for the silk screening shop in in '96, and then I got jury duty, so I I had to you know be gone for a week because that's how it worked. I've had jury duty four times, and it's been four years, more than four years since the last time I had jury duty, which means I could be called at any time because you get a four-year break. Once you're called, you get at least four years where they can't call you, and after four years, if your number comes up. They do this random thing. If you get, you know, you can get called. Well, my son has gotten called, and he's only 20. So he, he did have it postponed because it was falling in his finals week uh, for his, uh, for college. And so they did postpone it. But he, I think he starts uh, on Monday, starts his jury duty. So we'll we'll see how that goes for him. I hope If he gets a case, I hope it's interesting and not, uh, not horrible. <laughs> because sometimes you can get a case that could be... Horrible. You can get a murder case or a child molestation case or something like that. Ugh. Do you want to deal with that? I didn't have that. I had a sexual assault was one case that I was on with one of my jury duties. Uh, we acquitted the guy because of the the plaintiff's testimony pretty much acquitted him. Because, <laughs> uh, well, you know, he... The guy, they were getting amorous in, their, in, the, in the gal's apartment. And in the next room was her sister and her kid. And, and they were getting a little amorous, and he uh, he tried to go the wrong way in a sexual way, if you know what I mean. Uh, tried to go in the wrong way. <clears throat> and uh, whether it was intentional or an accident, uh, uh, she she said, whoa, that's what you're doing there. And that brought the attention to her sister. And, her, and she said, well, you didn't tell the dude, you better go. And he did. But that somehow she construed it into being sexually assaulted. But... I don't know. Everything up to that point seemed like it was consensual until you told him he had to go, and then he went. And everybody on the jury pretty much right away said, yeah, and he left. I, I, what's the deal? So anyway, that was my thing of jury duty uh, and, and, and of criminal case. And then I had a civil case the last time I had it, and that was you know just brothers suing each other because they weren't rich enough. Anyway, <clears throat> um, what was I talking about? <laughs> Oh yeah, the place I work at. As I said, it, it, it it's as as a friend reminded me of the phrase. Uh, she said uh, the phrase you were looking for when I was talking about this place before is it has a certain je, uh, je ne sais quoi. I don't know what. There's just something about the place. There's a spirit to the place, uh, not in a spiritual sense, but just a just a just an attitude. Uh, there's just something, and this is a good illustration of that something. Uh, the, the printers have this long-standing practical joke that they attempt from time to time. And it's not easy to pull it off. It's not easy to get somebody to fall for this particular practical joke. Uh, and it, it's, uh, um, it's, in fact, it's, it's become a joke just to sort of try to do the practical joke. And what it consists of is uh, we have a restroom... It is a unisex restroom. It's just a toilet and a sink. And um, 
a printer will, usually it's a printer, will walk out of the restroom after being in there <clears throat> doing a uh, doing a number two, and they leave a certain essence behind in the restroom, if you follow my drift. And they'll come out and say, hey, uh, there's a dollar laying on the floor. Is that yours? You're trying to get someone to go into the bathroom to enjoy, if that's the word, the essence of the person who had been there just before. Uh, so I think you cut, I think you follow where I'm going here. And it's been tried for a long time, and it's been a long time since anybody's actually been caught. It's, it's a, since the joke has actually worked, where they got somebody to walk into the bathroom and, you know, smell that smell. <clears throat> so yesterday, I was back in the shop for whatever reason, uh, and uh, uh, one of the printers was in the, in the bathroom, in the restroom. And he came out, and he walks by, and I thought he was directing this at me, and I thought it was just making the joke about the practical joke. And he said, hey, did somebody leave a black pen in the restaurant? A black pen? Did somebody leave one there? We have a person in the shop now who is pretty new still to the shop. Uh, she, she is the wife, quote-unquote, of the office manager. They're not actually married, but they've been together for, for 10 years, and we figure that's, you know, we just consider them husband and wife. That's just how we are. She's been working a couple days a week, three days a week, coming in and folding shirts and cleaning screens and, you know, doing that kind of work and doing some printing, too. So she was in the back. Printer come out, comes out and says, black pen sitting in the bathroom thing. And she starts to head toward the bathroom because she thinks that she well, she has a, uh, a black vape pen. And she was saying, uh, she didn't feel it in her back pocket. She said, oh, I must have left that in the bathroom. So she starts to head to the bathroom. She's going to, it's going to happen. The practical joke is going to, it's, it's been years since somebody's been caught on that joke. It's been years. She's going to get caught. She's heading there. She's just walking by. And I, me, <laughs> big dumb dork, <laughs> said I'm not getting caught by that. I'm not being fooled by that. Or, or don't, I, I would be fooled by that or something. Something like that. Just, you, you, you know, I said something like that. She heard it and stopped heading toward the bathroom. She realized she was going to get caught in a practical joke. The printer, who had come out of the bathroom, having bombed it, and tried the practical joke, the look on his face, when I looked at him and said, I, I'm not being fooled by that, or something like that, went from elation, because he saw the one newer worker heading her way to the, to the restroom, he saw that. He 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 went, he was he had a look of, of, of excitement on his face that this is going to happen. She's going to go in and she's going to smell my shit. <clears throat> and then I say something which stops her. And the expression on his face went from uh, 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 a, a joyful anticipation to deep <laughs> deep disappointment and uh, uh, anger at me. Jim, what are you doing? <laughs> What'd you do? Why'd you say so? And I, 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 and here's the thing. I felt bad about it. I felt bad that I stopped the practical joke from happening. I, I, I felt bad. And one of the fellas that's going to be, <laughs> when, the, when the business transitions to their ownership, it's going to be my boss yells at me for not allowing the, the joke to go through. He says, Jim, do you know how many years it's been since we've caught somebody with that? <laughs> and everybody in the shop, even, even the young woman who was going to get caught by it, that I saved from going to the bathroom. Now, I didn't, that wasn't my intention was to stop her from going in. I was just, I thought it was aimed toward me because I always use a black pen. 
So I thought that was aimed at me, and it's like, you're not going to catch me with that. You know what, you think I'm stupid? <laughs> I mean, when my son was working there for a while, they tried it with him, and he was too smart. He just went, nah, there's a dollar in the bathroom. Is that it laying on the floor in the bathroom? Is that yours? And he's uh, he just looked and went, nah, <laughs> nah. I'm not get he's too smart. And I'm not saying that she's not smart. It's just that in the course of that event there, she wasn't thinking about what was happening. As soon as I said something, don't fool me with that or whatever I said, she clued in. And, uh, and that's the kind of place at which I work. And I love it. <laughs> and again, I you know I, 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 I actually did feel bad that I didn't, that the practical joke, because it has been years. I mean, the, the one boss of mine, the shop manager, he comes in and he says, it's got to be at least six years since we caught somebody on that. And I said, I know, I know, I feel terrible, I feel shame, I'm sorry, <laughs> I went and apologized to the printer. I, 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 was, I thought you were directing it at me because of the black pen thing, and I have a black pen, and I thought, I, so I'm not, you know. <sighs> what a place to work. Ah. <laughs> uh. And, and and this one, the the, the shop manager, you know, these two fellow, the office manager and the shop manager, they're both in their mid thirties, and uh, and the shop manager has a uh, very punk mentality. Um, he's got a mohawk and tattoos all over the place, and you know, and my office manager, he's got tattoos all over, but he doesn't have a mohawk. He's got a long beard, long hair. Anyways, it, and it's just a, the shop accommodates all kinds of people. You want to do the work, you know, fine, come on in. You know, try to fit in. My son just didn't seem to want to try to fit in, but I think that's because, hey, this is mom and dad's thing. It's not my thing. You know, I think he wants to find his thing. And so, anyway. So he ended up leaving uh, uh, and, and concentrating on school and, and that kind of thing. So, uh, but it's, I, that's what, the, and and I, I look at that shop manager and some of the stuff he does, and I look at him and I say, and you're going to be my boss. I'm quite a bit older than them. You know, I'm nearly 60. Holy balls. I mean, I just turned 59. But, wow, 60. Hard, 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 hard to fathom that. Hard it, it is to fathom that. But what a place it is to work. <laughs> uh, I, I hope uh, when the transition comes and the, the guys take over, I hope we can keep going for much longer and I end up, you know, being able to retire from there, if retirement is even a th thing in my future. Well, I see I've gotten up to my my first break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll return after this break. Watch while the queen one false move turns herself into a pawn sleepy and shaken and watching you're listening to z talk radio the number one choice for music sports news and talk radio so keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. We're the station that beats all the competition. And we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network.
welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay, uh, uh, we just passed uh, an infamous day, uh, December 7th, 1941, a day that will live in infamy. It was the day that uh, the Emperor, Empire of Japan attacked the United States and a bunch of other places. It wasn't just Pearl Harbor that placed out in... in in Hawaii, there was a bunch of places around the Pacific on that day they got attacked. And again, the next day, there was more attacks. Uh, but we all remember Pearl Harbor. And and, uh, and and I was thinking about that, tying it in with my son's jury duty. Because in the uh, Ramsey County Courthouse, which is, where, which is where my son will be serving his jury duty, which is a very cool building. I know I've talked about it before when I had my jury duty the last time. It's a very Art Deco design building. Uh, it had the plans for the building and had been uh, drawn up and approved and started working on just as the Depression began. Uh, and the, the, um, the county decided we're, still, we're going forward with what we had planned on this. We're going to do it. You know, whatever the money, we're going to make it work. And it's got this terrific atrium uh, that has this uh, statue, um, which I think is called... I just I can't remember what it's called, Spirit of Peace or something like that. And it's 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 uh, it's you know it's based on Native American myth, kind of stuff or you know um, Native American are smoking peace pipes at the base. There's like four of them or something, and out of the smoke comes this giant uh, Indian character that's you know a god of peace or something. It's something like that. It's 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 neat. It's neat looking, and it's in this this black atrium. Which has got this cool stone. This is—it's just—it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place. And in in uh, and in the common areas, as you go up the floors, there are uh, little uh, displays that have stuff to do with Minnesota uh, around that atrium on the on the on the on the on the pillars that uh, that uh, frame the the atrium. There are names of uh, Minnesota. Um, People who had Minnesotans who had been killed in the various wars that their their names are listed in there, and then on each floor there's there's some display of some kind, and on one floor there is a uh, I believe it's a, a bell that came off of the USS Ward, which began its life as a destroyer back in way back when before World War II, and then was refit as a as a transport ship. But uh, it it has a it holds a place of significance when it comes to the beginning of World War II and Pearl Harbor. Uh, the USS Ward was the first ship to uh, fire upon the Japanese, uh, the first ship to take out a Japanese first American ship to take out a, a, a Japanese submarine and to cause Japanese casualties. On December seventh, just hours before the main attack of the of the of Pearl Harbor, uh, the USS Ward encountered a, a submarine that uh, um, that they used their deck guns um, to shoot, and they 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 believed they'd hit the conning tower that was up above the water. They believed they had hit that, uh, and it went under, and then they dropped a bunch of depth charges, and they it wasn't confirmed. That they sunk that submarine until, I think something like ten years ago, it was in the 2000s anyway, and so it might have been a little more than ten years ago, but it wasn't confirmed because they found the wreckage of that submarine that had been shot uh, that had been sunk by the USS Ward, and so so there's a there's a little memorial to it in the courthouse and on the on the state capitol grounds. Uh, the Minnesota State Capitol grounds. There's a uh, one of the deck guns, and I think it's the the deck gun that fired the first shot of World War II, the first American shot of World War II. And so, okay. And why it's significant to Minnesota it has to do with the fact that uh, a bunch of St. Paul uh, stationed in St. Paul naval reservists were called up to and, and assigned 
to the USS Ward. Um, yeah, they they were they, you know, being in Minnesota, which is kind of landlocked. They thought uh, being in Naval Reserve, they'd be m more dealing with the Mississippi or something like that. They'd be more in there. But then they got the call, uh, and there was I don't know how many. I think something like 25 or so um, St. Paulites uh, who were in the Naval Reserve. They were called up and assigned to the USS Ward, and one of them. One of them is a fellow named Basil Grindall. Uh, I think we call it, I think we pronounce it Basil. Basil was my mom and dad's next door neighbor for several years. Uh, when when my family moved into the house that Amy and I are inheriting from my dad, when we moved into that house in August of 1973, living next door was Basil Grindall. And his wife, ah, oh, she's—I forget her name. Was it Martha? I, I can't—I I forget her name. And uh, I can't ask my dad. <laughs> I can't ask my mom. <laughs> well, that's how it goes. Uh, anyway, I—I I, um, so they were an elderly couple living in that house, uh, and we got got to know them a little bit. There was no fence between our backyards. Uh, there is now. The neighbors that uh, the people that took over the house for, after. After well, Basil died at some point, and then his wife lived there for a bit longer, and then she uh, she moved on. And so the people who bought that house, they put up a fence, which is fine. You know, fences make good neighbors. Good fences make good neighbors, or something like that. Anyway, so um, I would I would cut his grass and I would shovel the snow uh, over there, and I get he paid me a little bit. He was a he was a as as what I can remember, he was a bit of a, a jovial fellow. He had a way of uh, putting things, uh, and um, when I found out, it, it was wait you know too late to to be really able to go over and talk to him about it. Uh, but I found out that he was he was one of the twenty or so. Um, St. Paul Naval Reservist who was called up and, and put on active duty and, and, and assigned the USS Ward. He was on that ship uh, when it fired its first shots, uh, the first American shots of World War II. And uh, he, he, there was an article that I found, which I uh, was only able to look at for a little while because you have to have a subscription to the website. Uh, to be able to continue to look at it. I don't know if I'll be able to link to it. I can try and link to it on the show notes page. Go to dimland.com and click on the show notes slash blog option. Uh, option. Go to that. I'll, I'll, I'll put a link to it. I don't know if you'll be able to open it or not. You might be able to and read it quickly. But he's in there. And I hesitate to say that because it does give the guy's address, which is weird that newspapers would give people's addresses. Because I'm not sure I want you people to know where I live. I mean, I don't live at his address, but near enough. Anyway, so don't hunt me out. Hunt me down. You got, you got that? Anyway, um, I just thought that's so cool that 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 connection to World War II was just living right next door to us. This is unassuming guy, and the article ends with him saying, and I I didn't I wasn't able to write it down, so this is a this is I might not have it precise, so this, let's, we'll just say this is a paraphrase of what he had said at the end of the article. Was uh, He was talking about how scared they were when this action was taking place. And he said, only our laundryman knew how really scared we were. Their laundryman. Only he knew. See, the scatological uh, bent of this show so far is holding up, isn't it? <laughs> I... I felt bad that I ruined that practical joke. I felt bad. I still feel bad about it. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I kept somebody from having to smell that awful smell. We are likely to get some snow today. It's Minnesota. It is uh, early December now. And uh, it's December, what is it, 9th? Uh, as I record this, Saturday morning. Uh, and we are going to get some snow today. It probably won't be much, a couple of inches, but you know what that means. It means I got to go over to the house that we're putting up for sale, which should go on, should be listed this weekend. Amy and I finished painting the red room. We finished it. We we are as, and I went back to you know change out a couple of outlet covers, which. 
there's a little bit of a mismatch <laughs> on those outlet covers. I last night I gone back to the Home Depot to get the rest of those outlets so I can cover them all with the same outlet cover so everything's consistent because I don't know maybe it's a little bit of a I, I don't know if it's OCD if, or what this perfectionist strain that I have. But fortunately, when I got to Home Depot, they were out of that style, and I said, "Ah, the heck with it. It's going to be what it is. It's that's that's those are the ones, and they're just just going to have to live with it and not worry about it." So we are done in the house. We are done doing anything to get it ready for selling. It's it's we're done. So pictures will be taken of the finished rooms uh, on the upstairs, and po the listing should go up, I think, tomorrow. So we'll see and hopefully we can get it sold and uh i won't have to be shoveling all winter long oh man that's the that's the pain in the ass of it that that i'd have to shovel all winter long but we do have some snow coming and and there's a, a an early tell when snow is coming uh and that's not just from watching the news the weather because i don't always watch the news don't always catch the weather but when i see this uh, I know that, oh, I better check the weather to see what's come, what's going on. Uh, the, the Twin Cities, uh, a day or so before snow comes in, will send out their road crews and the trucks with, with, a, with a chemical on it and spray and pre-spray the streets. Not every street, but the main ways and over bridges and, and, and uh, uh, ramps and things that, that will tend to ice up more than the other streets will. Uh, they, but you'll see... Uh, it's a it's a it's a brine type solution. It's a little salty stuff that just helps keep the roads from icing up. So what you'll see is these streaks that that as they dry they become this chalky white streaks on the on the roadways. And when I see that, I go aha! <laughs> better check my weather app. Better watch the weather tonight. See what's coming on. And so I saw that yesterday when Amy and I were driving home from work, and I said, oh, we've got some snow coming because the cities. Pay attention, I guess, and when they when they get a you know uh, good weather report about you know or reliable weather report about snows coming our way, they get out there and they they pre-treat the streets. So it's coming. It'll only be a couple inches. Luckily, thankfully, my older brother has generously uh, re-upped the the snow removal service that he had been paying for for my dad. Uh, at, at the house that we are, in the house that we are, that Amy and I will be inheriting. Uh, we should be, our name should be on the title probably by the end of this month. Uh, but we are, uh, my older brother told me, he says, look, I realize that you're probably, you know, you're selling your house, you're probably going to have to go over and shovel there, so you're not going to want to, you know, I'm going to do this for you for this year. And, and then, yeah, once we get the house sold, and I'm sure we'll have it sold before next winter, uh, once we get the house sold, and next winter comes along, I, you know, my brother will not pay for the service. I won't pay for it either. I'll be able to do it. We'll take care of it. It's not as much to do as what we used to do. So, you know, it'll be better. And so that's, yeah. So, yeah, it's winter in Minnesota. It's happening. The weather hasn't been terribly, terribly cold, which is good. We did have some stretches last month where, you know, it did get pretty cold. But uh, we've, been, we've been okay. And uh, the longer we can keep snow away, the better. But we always kind of want a white Christmas. You just you, I, if there's no snow on the ground when Christmas comes, and that does happen sometimes. It just doesn't, you know. Eh, you know, outdoor displays that people put up, the lightings and all that stuff that they'll put up, look better with snow on the ground. I always thought that because the snow helps reflect the the light, and it just it looks more. Uh, if you'll excuse the the expression, more magical. Even though I know it's not magic, it's just light. And reflection and whatever okay uh i think i'm ready to go to my next break so you've been listening to G dimland radio on the z talk radio network at ztalkradio.com i'm your host jim dr dim fitzsimmons and i will return after this break You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, 
I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy. He knows a lot about the science stuff. Professor Dave Explains. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Listen to Z-Talk Radio on ztalkradio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. That cool song that we were coming in out of that break is a song called Almost With You by the band The Church off of, uh, I think, my favorite album of theirs, uh, The Blurred Crusade, which I believe was released in, like, 1982. Uh, anyway, The Church, you may have you may know them better by their hit song, uh, Under the Milky Way. Uh, that was their hit uh, but uh, they're they're really good, and uh, especially those earlier albums are really good. I've kind of lost out on where they're at now. I think pretty much just one member of the original four uh, is the is left in the band. Does that make it the same band? I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, how many band members can you take out of a band before it stops being that band? I don't know. Is the Who still the Who? It's just Pete and Raj. Is it just them? But Zach Starkey's been in the band longer than Keith Moon was in the band. I don't know. So, anyway. It's a great song. Uh, and it's a pretty good album, uh, I think. The Blurred Crusade is the name of the album. By The Church. All right, so I just thought I'd mention that once in a while. You can you know, find the songs. I link to them on the show notes page. Oh, and I'm once again, I'm coming from the basement of Nostalgia Zone, which is a comic book store here in Minneapolis. Uh, we sell back issues of comics and magazines. You can go to our website, which is NostalgiaZone.com. You can become a member and save 10% on your purchases. And each purchase that you do make, you earn. Like 10% of that purchase turns into points, which can add up if you want to let them add up. And you can use them to save even more money on future purchases. So that's it. Would it's a nice thing to become a member. It's free. And... Uh, and uh, you'll get like an email or two a month from us just kind of giving you the update what's going on with the store. Uh, and so if you're into comic books, back issues of comic books, uh, Marvel, DC, uh, we've got Atlas books. You know, the, that Atlas title that came out in the, the 70s for about, you know, I don't know, for about six months and then shut down. Uh, that We even have comic books from them. We've got Charlton. We've got uh, Classics Illustrated. We've got books that are, that are sports-related and superheroes, of course. Crime comic books, uh, horror comic books, mystery and suspense comic books. We've got romance comic books, westerns, war, whatever. So check our, uh, check out our website at NostalgiaZone.com and become a member. And you, we'll, you can shop online. We'll ship anywhere, pretty much. <laughs> uh, orders over 50 bucks are free shipping. And uh, most other orders are 8 bucks uh, for shipping. It just depends. You know, If it's going out of country, things might be a little different. But just become a member and, uh, and, and buy comic books. Buy lots of them. Oh, whole messes of them. Keep me working at this place. I've The last couple of shows, I've been meaning to talk about this what's the harm kind of thing. Uh, and this deals with uh, with tarot cards specifically, but in more general, the psychic reading bullshit. And in, I'll start off by saying, I think, it's, I think I'm making it Dr. Dim's maxim. It's nothing very original. 
but the answer, the, the maxim is the answer is never magic. It's never magic. Whatever the mystery is, whatever the weird phenomenon that has taken place, whatever it is, if there's a solution to, to it, if there's a way to figure out what's happened, when you figure that out, the answer is, the solution is never magic. It turns out to not be magic. It's never magic. The answer has never been magic. Every mystery ever solved has turned out to be not magic. I think I'm quoting Tim Minchin there. It's just It just never is. Lightning used to be magic until we figured out what it was. Where you know the sun going down at night used to be magic until we figured out what caused it. Why does the sun go down at night and come up in the morning? Why? Well, it's because the Earth is spinning. That's why. But you know the people who wrote that book that everybody thinks is not everybody that so many think is such a words of authority was written by men living in a part of the world at a time. Yeah, living in this this tiny little postage stamp part of the world that didn't really know anything more than that little postage stamp part of the world, and they didn't know what happened to the sun when it when it went down at night. You know, th these guys wrote this book, and we're supposed to be you know, re you know revering this book. Yeah, I, you know, I, I say that all the time. It's my atheism that comes out. It's just like ah. You know, there could be, you know, uh, Christian apologists and, and, and religious apologists, you know, people that really make the case, and they can be really intellectual and smart, like, like C.S. Lewis is one of those guys that just make these very intellectual arguments and all that stuff about it, and might make me sound like a, like a, like a dope, but I'll just say, yeah, okay, fine, you sound great and everything, but you're still wrong, <laughs> because every, I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it now and then, I'll get off of it, every time I hear, you know, somebody going on about God, it just in my brain. I mean, I'm not. It just I just switch out the word God with Zeus, and that's what it sounds like. Do it. Do that. Watch. We'll watch. You know, Joel Olstein on his slow motion uh, preaching style and his on his, on his at his mega church on the Sunday morning. Just watch him, and then and every time he says God or Jesus or something, just insert, insert Zeus and see if it makes as much sense. That's what an atheist does. That's, not, that's what this atheist does. I don't know if that's what all atheists do, but it's it's like that. We just like yeah, like I was saying, but Dennis Prager saying, hey, we struggle, you don't. Meaning, we people who believe in God struggle sometimes with our belief in God, but you atheists who don't believe in God never struggle with your not believing in God, right? <laughs> just like you never struggle with not believing in Zeus, you never struggle with that. Why not? And uh, you know that's going over stuff I've already gone over. Anyway, so this tarot thing. I'm, I'm going to uh, tell a couple stories here that I know I've told on the show before, but it's been a while, and it's good to say things, you know, tell stories again, you know, just to see how consistent I am in them, and um, and just to you know, new people listening might not have heard it. <clears throat> so, where do I start? Uh, a couple of the people that I work with went to go see a tarot card reader, and I was being told about it. And they both, uh, the both the people know that I, I think it's total bullshit. And it, it, okay, fine. If you're going for entertainment, fine. But if you're going because you know, and and, and one of the two seems to be well is much more of a believer in paranormal type stuff than than the other. But the other is also a bit of a one as well. And they know that I don't, I don't believe in it at all. And I and I'm I'm sure I've laid the line on them. I said, you know, the answer is never magic. It's never magic. It just never is. It, it, it's you know, and we should stay away from superlatives, right? But <laughs> I'm sorry, it just never is magic. So <clears throat> there's always if if the explanation is findable as to what happened, sometimes you just don't know. Well, I don't know why that happened, and I don't know if I'll be, ever be able to explain it. But that doesn't mean you can fill that explanation with magic. It just it just means that I don't know. But if there is an answer to be found, and it is found, it's going to be found to be not magic. So they, they, I was being told about the tarot card reading thing, and you know, one was told that uh, their partner, you know, is cheating on them, which is seems unusual to me. That a psychic or tarot card reader, which same thing, uh, would go that way. You know, because usually, it, you, know, you want repeat customers, you want them to come back, you want to make them feel good. 
Yeah, and that doesn't make them feel good. And the person was telling me about this. She knew that this was bullshit because she knows the status of her relationship. And I believe her because I know both the people involved. And I was like, yep, yep. And, uh, you know, and she's telling me that their relationship has never been at a better place than it is right now. And it's just this the whole idea. It's ridiculous. And she agreed with me when I said, well, you know, here's the harm in something like that. How many relationships has this particular tarot card reader put a strain on that wasn't necessary? That, you know, accusing a, 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 a spouse or a partner of cheating when they're not. I mean, there's a, there's a chance that they might be. But they don't, the, 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 psych, the tarot card reader doesn't know it. They're just pulling shit out of their ass. That's all they're doing. They're just pulling it out. And throwing things, the cards all have a sort of a meaning to them. It's and you just learn what those meanings are. And if the card comes up in a, in one one position as opposed to the other position, like upright and uh, instead of upside down, if it's upside down, it means this. I mean, if it's it's upright, it means this. And you just learn what they all mean. And it's just a way of directing the person that that the tarot card re, uh, reader is reading. It's just directing that person into telling the tarot reader the information that the, the, that the person being read is going to walk away thinking, oh, that she knew all this stuff about me. I don't know how he knew that this this you know that my mother's name was was Alice. I don't know how he knew. And when if you were to record the session, you would hear that that the psychic, the tarot card reader, whatever, never said that the name of the, the mother was was Alice. It just threw out some kind of some letters. There's a maternal figure that's very close to you. Um, I'm getting an A name. I'm getting an M name. Such a, Alice, my mom's name is Alice. How did you know her name was Alice? They didn't. Something my mother-in-law said to me was very similar to that. Years before I met them, uh, they, you know, she and her hu husband, my father-in-law, went to see a psychic, and I forget. God, I wish I could. I should have asked Amy, but as my mother-in-law would tell the story, she said the first thing that the psychic said to her was, "Who's?" And I'll just throw this name. I think it's the name. Who's Delia? I think Delia is the name of my mother-in-law's mother. I think. I don't. I should have found this information out before. <laughs> but. Yeah, it, 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 she just throws it out, and that's it's like, you know. And then I see her, you know, with suitcases, and then and then my mother says, and then two weeks later, there's my mom at the door with suitcases. It's amazing, and I was like, okay, well, I wasn't there. I don't know how it was said. I don't know, you know. I do know it was a long time ago, and I, you know, I stopped short of saying other things. And I'm sure your memory has just sweetened this, has made it even more magical since since the time that it, that it occurred, since the psychic, the cold reader, was just cold reading you, and you gave her, or then, uh, him, I'm not sure which, uh, the information, and, and you now remember it as, who's Delia? I, 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 maybe that's what they said. I have my doubts. I have my doubts that that was the first question. And again, why is it a question? You're a psychic. Tell me you know who Delia is. Hey, your mother Delia is going to be showing up at your house in about two weeks' time with suitcases because she's going to have this problem at her house and so she's going to need to live with you guys for a little while. That's not what they say. They don't, they don't say that. They just come up with a bunch of general statements and some sound a little more specific than others and then the person being read matches everything up, connects all the dots and then if something happens that's close to what was said they say, oh look, the, the, the psychic predicted this and then years go by and the story is even more convincing. It's kind of like the Gospels in the Bible. The more, the more miraculous stories of what Jesus did happen in the Gospels that were written further away from when Jesus supposedly walked the earth. They were all written after he was dead. They were all written by people that didn't know him, that never saw him. All the Gospels, Mark, John, Luke, Beelzebub, whatever, who have wrote the, the Gospels. What are they? Mark, Luke, John... Oh, my God, I can't remember the fourth one. Oh, well. The, the four Gospels. 
each it was pointed out by somebody else who studies Bibles more than I do that 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 the more miraculous events take place are told about in the Gospels that are farther away, further in time, away from when Jesus supposedly walked the earth and did these things. And that's kind of what happens as we remember back. And our stories change. They're affected by you know, things that we've heard from other family members talking about the same event or similar event. And we put them together. It's, it's, we, it, it's, memory is a tricky thing. It's not videotape. It's not just, you know, pu plug in a story of something that happened in the past and it comes out exactly the way it happened in the past. And it, and it doesn't come out exactly the same way as the last time you told the story. So, the, so back to the, what's the harm in going to see a tarot reader? Well, there's no harm if you're just doing it for entertainment and you know it's it's a lark and you know it's bullshit and if you know how it goes, yet fine, there's no harm, but why would you waste your money? Now, the other person, without getting into detail, had a loss in, in her life and that was it's a devastating loss of, of, of a, a someone that they loved. And they're still in the grieving process. And to me, the harm there is the company, you know, the, the, the person who was being told that their relationship was, you know, was on the rocks because the, the hubby is, is, uh, uh, is uh, cheating, which he's not. Uh, and she just kind of like, you know, yeah, I can see where the harm's in there. But what's the harm in just making the one person feel better? They feel better. They felt like they had a connection with their, you know, the, the loved one. And to, you know, I'm not a psychologist. Maybe I'm wrong here. But it seems to me the harm is that the tarot reader is not a trained professional counselor. Is not a therapist. Is not, a, you know, a trained, qualified therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Somebody to help a person get through grief. To deal with it. To give them the skills to move on with their life. And to not just constantly, it's like, to me, it's like going to a chiropractor. You keep going back because the problem's never fixed. You just keep going back. You know, and, 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 and so this tarot reader, you know, it's like, oh, it makes you feel, I was connected, I feel good, or and there I am, and I leave, and then I start feeling bad again. So I go back to the tarot reader, they give me this false comfort again, and I feel better, and then it starts to fade away, and then I go back and get that false comfort again, and then I go away, and it starts fading away, and I go back, and it's back, and it's just, and it's not dealing with it. Now, this person, um, you know, I think she's probably doing better uh, in dealing with her grief uh, than that, um, than like the worst case scenario where there'll be harm done because the person doesn't get a chance to 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 um, handle life. You know that's that's what therapists and counselors that are professional and trained and licensed and good at their jobs know what they're doing. Their work is based on scientific research too. They you know. It, they help a person to to move on, not to give up, uh, give give up and forget, but just to move on. I just it find it feels to me the harm. It, it, it's sort of like I guess I'm kind of describing what's known as a as a as a grief vampire, the, the psychics that just want to just keep pulling money from people, exploiting the grief that they have. I just think that's the harm. It's the harm there. I think the, I think false comfort is 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 ultimately harmful, and, and instead of getting real comfort and skills to deal with with the pain of losing someone, uh, you know, it's like um, I mean, I, it's I you know, both my parents are gone, and it's you know every now and then, you know, it's like when I'm thinking. I, I had to. I was. Try, I was thinking of what is the last name of my dad's neighbor, the one that was involved in the Pearl Harbor thing. What was his last name? It's Basil was his first name. What was his last name? And I thought, is it, was it Grindall? Was it? I, oh, I could ask Dad. No, I can't ask Dad. So I had to do some research, and I found the article in the Pioneer Press, which actually had his name in there, and talked to him. And that's where I confirmed what his name was. It's just. You know, so the, it, it's still there, but uh, when it's your parents, uh, I'll I'll um, I'll quote Columbo. <laughs> uh, there's a there's an episode of uh, of Columbo where 
the the killer is um, is an author. She's played by Ruth Gordon. That's one of the better episodes. Catch me if you can. That's one of the episodes, and it's the Columbo, the real Columbo, the '70s Columbo. Anything that came out later. It's just murder she wrote with Columbo. That's all it is. I, I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't say it too emphatically because I've only seen some of it, but it just it just doesn't feel right. The 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 best of the old Columbos they're like movies. They're, they're much more cinematic. They're much better, and the the, the characters less cartoonish. You know, Columbo's characters much less cartoonish than, than than the later ones, from what I've seen. Uh, and so so it's when I talk about Columbo, I'm talking about the '70s series. And in the episode, uh, uh, Ruth Gordon plays this author whose niece, she believes, was killed by her nephew-in-law uh, in, a, in a boating accident. And she believes that uh, it was he, he murdered her. Uh, and so then she gets her revenge on him by murdering him. And Columbo's trying to catch her. And, it, and he t- he, he's acknowledging this pain that she has from losing her niece. And he says, uh, I lost my parents. That's the way of the world. But to lose someone that young, that's like being cheated. That's very hard. So that's what I imagine my co-worker feels with this loss. It is somebody that was much younger, someone very close to her. I'm not going to say what the relation was, but it, and it was, it's very painful for her. So I, I, the harm is that it's bullshit. <laughs> and it's a false comfort. And they can give you false information, just the wrong information. Uh, not that not that terrain professionals can't do the same thing. I mean, they're human and they make mistakes. But I'd rather go with the professionals than go with uh, someone with a deck of cards. <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell. <clears throat> you know, it, it's tarot related. Tarot related. I'll make it as quick as I can. A friend of mine. It's all into the paranormal stuff and uh, does tarot cards. Or as uh, they'll put it, tarot, as if it wasn't pretentious enough. And uh, told me of two experiences, uh, or one experience, I should say, that they had at one of those conventions. As uh, Australian skeptic Richard Saunders would call it, mind-body wallet. Mind-body wallet. It's mind, body, spirit, but he throws in, he puts wallet at the end because, because that's they they want your money. And they all sell crystals and and remember the Himalayan pink cheese, uh, pink cheese, <laughs> pink salt. Remember that was something big and all this bullshit, whatever they, they just sell it in bullshit books and bullshit psychics and bullshit uh, tarot reading and bullshit re- medical remedies. It's just you know it's just you know the bullshit convention. Come on in and waste your money. And he was at one of them doing tarot reading, tarot card readings. And he was telling me about this amazing reading he had with this young woman with a drug addiction. And he was telling me about how he nailed that that she had a drug addiction. And 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 it, it and he's in, in, and I take him at his word that the way he's describing it to me was the way he was describing it to her. And he told me whatever card it was that came up was in, in the position it came up indicates an obstacle, something the person needs to overcome to be able to get on with their lives or whatever. And he said it could be any kind of obstacle. It could be, you know, a bad job, uh, you know, a drug addiction, some sort of hook that's keeping you from, you know, keeping you back, keeping you from going on with your life, right? He actually said some sort of hook. And I, I called that out right away. I said, well, that's a huge net you're casting there. Sure, you gave a couple of specifics and you did nail one of them. But when you say some sort of hook, the person being read is like, oh, I have a gambling addiction. Oh, I have a porn addiction. Oh, I have this. You know, I have a bad boss. Oh, I have... And they can fit it into anything. It's, that's what you're doing. You're cold reading. You're just throwing out questions and general statements. And the person that is hearing them, it, they're connecting all the dots. They're putting it all there. They're making the thing up. And then they're telling you all about that information. You're not telling them. They're telling you. You're just pulling that information from them. And there are people that do this kind of thing, the psychic cold reading stuff that, that, that are done, that don't understand that they're doing cold reading. They think that they're really connecting to the world. They believe in their, in their abilities, but all they're doing is just asking a bunch of questions, making a bunch of general statements, leading the person along. 
that's being read and the person that's being read is feeding all the information back to them and walking away thinking they knew my mom's name and that's not what's happening so he, he did one of those and then he did a reading of me did this through chat online we're going online so back and forth so he tell me what card he put up what it meant and it went on all, all this stuff i asked him should i have something in mind that i would like the spirits to to advise me on he says yes have something in mind so i did i know it was a family thing it had something to do with one of our extended family members i'm not going to get into the details but it had something to do with that uh with uh, with that and all he could give me was you're worried about your finances oh she's no shit you knew that before you even opened up the deck who isn't worried about their finances? The worries may be different, depending on how much finance you have, but who doesn't worry about them in some way or another? Gee, wow, you've known me for how many years now, and that's as accurate as you can get? You didn't even need the deck of cards to know that I have that, you know, worried about my financial problems. I don't know, let's see. I'm married, my wife's a stay-at-home mom. I work at like two or three low-paying jobs, trying to make ends meet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what I did, and this is a bit dishonest on my part, what I did was I took, I printed out the chat. I, re, I, I took out all the references that was directly about me. And so I, and I printed it out, and I gave it to somebody I was working with at the time. It was at the same silk screening shop back then. Uh, that was my second stint working there. And I gave it to one of the shirt folders, uh, and who was, who was uh, female, she was a recovering uh, addict. She was not married. She didn't have any kids, at least none that she knew of. And I gave her that. I said, I asked my friend who does this tarot stuff, which you know I don't, I don't buy it, but I wanted to get your opinion on this. Because I said, can you read somebody that I work with? I can't remember if I, I said, I just gave him like, you know, minimal information about you or something. And without that specific stuff that I just told you, I think I just said, you know, I said there were this. I just it's somebody that I work with. Can you do that? What can the tarot cards tell you? And he said, yeah. So I handed her this printout, and she she started to read through it. It was on a Friday, and at break she was reading through it. She said, I don't know, I don't know, Jim, but you know, I said, well, just just read through it, see how you get. And at the end of the day came and I said well have you she said no I'm still I'm still working my way through it it's you know and I said okay she said well let me know if you can read it over the weekend let me know on Monday what you think she came in Monday I was in the office she walked in and she says Jim you know at first I wasn't sure about this but the more I thought of it this is spot on I mean I've got this little thing and she starts going into details and I said so whoa 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 let me stop you there I have to stop you there I, I lied to you. I was dishonest. I, have, I, must, I owe you an apology. I'm sorry. I said, but I lied to you. That reading was not about you. That reading was about me. Uh, much older than her. I, you know, old enough to be your dad, as they would say. Uh, married. That's me. With a kid. Never, you know, not an addict of any kind. Not that I'm telling you. And... You know, we we could you know we couldn't be more opposite the two of us and yet she thought the reading was spot on about her and I let my friend know that I said this is it's all so general anyone can see themselves in it if they choose to it's you're not doing anything uh, you know we're still friends <laughs> might be hard to believe but we are still friends. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, that's the end of another Dimland Radio here on the Sea Talk Radio Network. Uh, remember to be skeptical. Uh, you know, there's harm in this stuff, even if it seems like it's harmless. And remember, it, it also, the answer is never magic. Uh, I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, and reminding all of you to sleep with the lights off. Check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option.
And you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.